is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, KOTO listeners. You are tuned in to Off the Record. I am your host, Julia Caulfield, for this evening, and we are here for an election season um, program, although I will say it's a little bit of a a funny election season here um, in San Miguel County because we only have incumbents running, and they're all running unopposed, so it's maybe not the most contentious election season that we've ever had, but... You know, there's still time. We have a week left. (laughs) Um, And we figured it would be worth having some of the folks who are running join us in studio to talk a little bit about the work that they do, why they're running, who they are. So when you do fill out your ballot, I filled mine out today, you maybe know a little bit more about the folks who you're going to be voting for. We've split it up into two sections for this evening. Our first half of the hour I have with me in the studio, we have Lance Waring, who is current and running for San Miguel County Commissioner. Thanks for being here, Lance. Thanks for having me, Julie. It's great to be here. We have Stephanie Van Dam, who is the San Miguel County Clerk and Recorder, and then Sheriff Bill Masters, who's running for sheriff. Thanks for being here, y'all. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, So starting off with, and I'll give each of you... um, the opportunity to answer this question, but just starting off, can you give a little bit of a background of who you are and and why you're running? Lance, we'll start with you. I am a longtime local, and I'm running because there's a lot of exciting things that are happening right now in San Miguel County, and I want to continue to be a part of them for another four years. Um, The first four years of my term, COVID interrupted that, and uh, we managed in some fashion, whether it was just right, suboptimal, or brilliant, um, depends on your perspective, but we're still standing, and now we've got a lot of work to do, um, almost make-up work in a sense. All right. Stephanie, we'll go to you next. Sure. Um, so I might echo a little bit about what Lance said um, as far as... COVID is concerned, um, it seemed to really overwhelm our office and and really put a delay on a lot of the things that I was concerned with doing in the office. Um, In the end, we really, I I think we, me and my staff did an amazing job keeping all of our services available. Um, But at this point, I still would really love to see our building become ADA accessible. Um, I'm still working a lot on remodeling the office to make it a little bit more efficient and a little bit more customer service friendly um, moving forward. And um, I honestly feel a really... uh, a big need to stay in in the election game with everything that's happened since 2020 and all of um, the issues that have arisen nationwide. Um, I I felt like really being able to stand up for our election system and and say this is a good system. We're doing the right thing. We're moving forward with this, and to be a part of that moving forward was important. Yeah, Sheriff, we'll go to you. Well, I'm really excited about the next four years. I think uh, American peacekeeping in general is facing a lot of challenges, and that comes down to uh, my office as well. We're having recruiting challenges. Uh, We have 
Um, throughout the nation, we see uh, police officers, the old guard kind of retiring, and we're having a really hard time getting new young people interested in the business. Um, we're, we're kind of the bums on the block right now. Um, and I've gone through that many times before in my career. But uh, I see this one as particularly challenging. I think we're going to have um, increased uh, civil discourse in, a, in, the, uh, in our country. And we're going to see increasing violence and um, crime for a while. And I think uh, I'm happy to be a part of the sheriff's office going forward because I, I want to make sure we don't uh, fall into reactionary times and, and, and go too far when the pendulum starts swinging the other way, that we have some rational and reasonable people in, um, um, in peacekeeping. And I think I can um, lead our small group of men and women that work here in San Miguel County to um, make sure we have a good and um, reliable peacekeeping force that represents our community. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, a reminder, this is also a call-in program. So if you have questions for any of our um, candidates who are in the room this evening, please give us a call at 970-728-4333. Um, you know, I think that some folks either, I feel like there's been a lot more civic engagement over the past few years, so maybe folks have a little bit more of an idea about um, what each of you do. But for those of for those who don't, or maybe are confused a little bit, can you just share a little bit, like, what is your job? What work do you do in the positions that you have? And Sheriff, we'll start with you this time. Well, uh, I think like all three of us are, are going to have a lot of different duties that, that we list here, but uh, the Sheriff is um, in charge of the peacekeeping for, for the county, for um, uh, upholding the laws the best we can, for uh, traffic safety, search and rescue, court security, um, serving the warrants, investigating crimes, uh, uh, the suppression or organizing the suppression of wildfires. So the, the sheriff has a lot of duties um, and uh, trying to, uh, to give the proper amount of time to each one is, is really probably our challenge. The county is 1,280 square miles, extends from the peaks above Telluride to the Utah line. We have um, 880 miles of state highway and, and uh, county roads that we have to uh, um, patrol. And a lot of times we have you know, one deputy on at night that does all of that. And um, so the, the job's pretty diverse, and, and uh, that's what's kept it interesting for me for all these years because uh, every day you get something different to do yeah <coughs> stephanie will go to you you might have the you might be the one who actually needs to explain your job the most out of the three of you here this evening <laughs> yeah i i would agree with that um so yeah the the county clerk is charged with several different duties um so really statutorily the only duty i have is to conduct our elections and to um, maintain our real property records and to be a agent for the department of revenue and provide motor vehicle title and registration services to 
to the public um, along with marriage licenses. Um, and that's a broad scope of duties. Um, not many of them really relate to each other in a lot of ways. Um, to be perfectly honest, the elections realm of that, that whole office has become a lot bigger part of it than than most but that doesn't negate the fact that that you know there are a lot of important things happening in that office you know um, issuing marriage licenses is one of the best parts of the job because that's typically a very nice thing um, but we also get to see you know kids who have gotten their driver's license for the first time and they're registering their first car um, it, you know people that have just gained their citizenship and they're registering to vote for the first time and there's a lot of really special moments that happen in that office um, and it's really an honor to be able to be there for those processes. They're they're difficult and they are confusing for the public. So to be able to set, shed some light on those processes and make it a little bit easier for people to walk through them um, has been a really big pleasure. Um, as as time moves forward, uh, there's a lot more. Um, there's a big push to do a lot more of those things online. Um, our office is still providing things in person as much as we possibly can, and I think that's really something that our community really appreciates to to have that one-on-one, face-to-face -on -one, -face kind of service. Um, and so that's pretty important um, from my perspective to to maintain that moving forward too. Yeah. Lance, you're up. Julia, I've got a couple different answers to that question. The first and most pat is I'm responsible for the health, safety, and welfare of the citizens of San Miguel County. And all three commissioners take that very seriously. Um, another answer that is also true is a lot of times I feel like I'm trying to mitigate the effects of capitalism. And as Art Goodtimes used to say, balance energy which sounds a little nebulous, but there's truth to it in that uh, people don't bring easy problems to government. And so occasionally I find myself in the unenviable position of having to make a decision based on the best information I have at the time I have it and know that I'm going to upset somebody, if not a lot of people. And there's really an art to being able to hear both sides, listen really carefully, and then come to some conclusion. And some nights I don't sleep well, I'll be honest. Being a commissioner is, folks ask, how's it going? San Miguel County's still standing. Some nights are easier than others. Um, but in general, I think the words that I heard Bill say about diverse, every day is different, and there's always a new challenge. And I enjoy that, and I appreciate that about the work. And also what Stephanie said about it's an honor to serve this entire county. And um, an example of that is uh, my friend Darlene Williams out in Egnar texted about a week ago and said, I just got my ballot and I saw your name and I just wanted to let you know you got my vote. And it just made my day to know that I've made a friend over the last four years in a place that I never would have and that... I now have some connections in that community that will remain, whether or not I'm a commissioner. And that means a lot. What do you either feel like is a misconception that the public or the community has about the job or the work that you do, or like something that 
you wish that they that the community knew about your work that maybe they don't and stephanie we'll start with you this time hmm. um <clears throat> to get that question you know smack in the middle of a of an election i think i'm gonna be laser focused i had someone come into my office the other day concerned about a, a signature discrepancy on their ballot um and had told a story about how their ballot had been rejected the previous year and they did not want to go through that again but they were very happy to learn that we were actually verifying signatures. Um, and and I guess as far as elections is concerned, I, I really just w would like to communicate to as many people as possible um, that the laws that are put in place are actually followed and, and that, you know, I think on a grand scale, we see a lot of... Um, a, a lot of suspicion around our election process. Um, and what I get to see from my perspective, I think is really special. I, I convene a group of Democrats, Republicans, and unaffiliated voters to act as judges in absolutely every single election. And I see these people that I know have incredibly differing opinions. And if we were to look at their social media accounts, we would probably think these people will never speak to each other. They make friends, they work together, they get the job done, and they do it within the bounds of the law. And we manage that in absolutely every single election. Um, and that process is actually very open and transparent, and not a lot of people know that. We have an open uh, to the public pre-election testing, so any person can come and watch how we we tabulate those ballots, how we compare them to a hand count. Um, folks are invited to come as watchers if they're appointed by candidates or by political parties to come and watch the entire process. And I think that's a really important part of that transparency. I can say all day long our elections are transparent, but if no one shows up to come and watch, are they? Um, so I would just like to say to, to the public, please, if you have questions about the election process or concerns, reach out to my office and and we will absolutely make any information available to you that that you might want yeah i'm gonna ask that question to the other folks in the room too but i wanted to touch on a little bit just because um, i asked this question before we got on the air and it is you know how you're running for um your seat this year and mm -hmm. also you're the person in charge of of the elections can you just talk a little bit about what that looks like being on the ballot and also still being the head of this office for the time being sure absolutely um so um, as we were, were talking before the show started, um, I really look at that as an opportunity for my staff to become 100% involved in the entire process. And we've been working on that for, you know, really the four years that I have been clerk. But in this, in both the primary election and this general election, I've been on the ballot. And so I've been very hands off. And... Um, and it's worked really, really well. So my chief deputy and a few of my other deputy clerks are able to jump in and they handle all of um, the election machines. They handle all of the ballot pickups. Um, I'm not dealing with any of the logs and the seals, the hundreds and thousands of logs and seals that we deal with. Um, um, and, and it's really great so that we have some depth within our election conduct um, for every election moving forward. And if something did happen to me, I, I rest well knowing that they are able to jump in and handle everything they need to. Yeah. 
Lance, we'll go to you next for any um, misconceptions or things you wish that folks knew in the community knew about your job and the work you do as county commissioner. I don't know exactly what misconceptions are out there, but I do know a way to rectify that. And that is to go to the county website and click on open government and sign up for the emails that will automatically send you the commissioner's agenda, the planning commission agenda. And if you take the three minutes to skim those when they come every couple weeks, every month or so for the planning commission, you might notice that there's something that really intrigues you or um, affects you and you want to be involved. And it would be so much easier for us as a government to have that input at the time of the meeting and not a week or two after. Um, that to me is, I think, the most important message I could share is please get involved, stay involved, and take advantage of the system that's in place to give you an opportunity to preview the meeting and see if it's something that you're interested in. Sheriff, we'll go to you next. Well, I think there are some misconceptions about the sheriff. Um, I, I think a lot of people think we're just like policemen, and, and we're really not. The deputy sheriffs are so much uh, more than that. Uh, they have to. We we are involved in search and rescue. We run the, the, the jail as well. And I think a lot of people think that jail is something we that we um, arrest people and then we put them in there and, and we're in control of them. And really not we're responsible for them but the court is the one that's that's telling us to to keep them in jail and that and we we might initially arrest them and put them in in jail but then it's all up to the court to to make the determination if they should be there or not and uh, we, we we try to treat people as best we can uh, under those circumstances uh when they are in jail but it, it's not really us trying to punish them or anything. It, it's something that is done by the courts, and, and, and I'm not sure people really appreciate that. I, I also don't think people really get the depth of, or the, the, the size of the whole county, particularly in Telluride. I think we, we think of Telluride as being in this box canyon, and then there's something down valley. But really, the center of the county is somewhere west of Norwood, and people don't realize how how large it is and and what an extensive territory that we have to cover. So I think I think those things are are misconceptions, and I don't think they really understand the difference between police officers and um, and then the sheriff and all the other elected officials not having any bosses and we're all since we are elected we make the decisions for our office and the commissioners i don't tell the commissioners what to do and they don't tell me what to do and i don't stephanie doesn't tell me what to do and i don't tell her what to do but we all have to still relate to each other and help each other in in the different offices but we are really um as a you know, kind of a group of cats. Uh, I, I don't have a leader, and they're just kind of running off in different directions. But So that's a unique thing of county government that makes it so much different than municipal government. Yeah. You know, you've all kind of touched on this um, in different ways throughout uh, the conversation, but you've also all served in your positions for a varying number of years. Um, what made you 
want to run for your position in the first place when you were like, I'm going to go for it? Like, what was that thought that made you want to do that? And then how does that look different to you wanting to continue to run and, and serve in these positions? Lance, we're going to start with you. You're the only one who gets terms in this group, so. Yeah, I'm running for a second term, and after this, I'm out. And some other sucker's going to have to jump in, fill the void. Um, I originally ran because my dear friend Joan May called me and said, I think that you'd be good at this. I'd like you to give it some consideration. And I talked with her for a while, and then I called some other folks and got some other perspectives and realized that it could be a good fit and that it would be a... <coughs> a challenge and a change, and uh, that I was ready for it. I am running again because no one else is foolish enough to want it right now. <laughs> but also because, um, like I said earlier, there's a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, we're planning to start uh, examining and rewriting, redrafting the county master plan for the east end of the county. Um, we are... There's just a lot of projects. I'm not going to list them all because I hog the mic, but I feel like um, there's benefit and continuity. And I also uh, know that we'll never be done. It's never going to be perfect. And that government continues to have to evolve to face the challenges in front of it. Sheriff Masters, we'll go to you next. No, when I first decided to run, I can't really remember. I mean, I, I do remember my first day on the job and most of today, but the, the, <laughs> the following or the middle 40-some-odd years is, is a bit of a blur. Um, uh, I was the town marshal. A uh, few people remember that a, a long time ago, back in the 70s. And the um, uh, sheriff appointed me as the undersheriff for a couple of years, and then he resigned to take a, um, a county commissioner's position. And I was initially appointed by the Board of County Commissioners. I was 14 and um, a little bit older than that. I looked like I was 14. And, and, we have uh, a campaign sign down in the newsroom from, we're not sure exactly which one it was, but you look, yeah, you look very young. Yeah, that, that's an early, early one. And, and um, I, you know, it just seemed uh, like a... Um, it was a it was a good job. I I uh, knew the sheriff uh, Fred Ellard, uh, that was the sheriff before I, I was, and and uh, he was a bit of a mentor, and uh, I I felt like uh, that's something I want to want to do for a while, and uh, I was making uh, I got paid uh, I think six hundred and fifty dollars a month, and, and um, I thought. Boy, that, that was that's about two hundred dollars a month more than I was making when I was in the Coast Guard. So I didn't know what I was going to do with all the money, you know. So <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it was a, a fun opportunity at that time. The community was a lot different. There were only three of us in the sheriff's office uh, uh, for the whole county, and uh, people really appreciated if we even bothered to show up because they they knew we had such a limited uh, uh, force uh, to. To, to make much of a difference of anything, so it, it was um, it was a fun time, and and uh, um, I uh, just kept doing it. Yeah. Stephanie, we'll go to you. Sure. Um, so I ended up working in the clerk's office. It really, I want to say, kind of by accident. Um, I. I wanted to find a new job, and I happened to ride the bus every day with the previous clerk, Peggy Nerlin, um, 
who said, hey, I have a part-time job available and I think you'd be great. And I, I had absolutely zero idea um, what the clerk did or what I was getting into. But I started working there part-time um, and I found it to be a really interesting place to be. I was coming from an office where I worked by myself, just doing accounting. Um, I actually used to do Bill Masters accounting um, <laughs> in that office, but I never saw anybody. I never interacted with people because I was just stuck in this space. And the, working at the clerk's office was a totally different game. I saw nearly every single person that lives in San Miguel County at one point or another. Um, and as time went on, um, Peggy Nerland, um, did not run for a second term um, and Kathleen Yuri was clerk when I knew she was retiring I think by that time I had had quite a bit of, of, of things kind of pushed back in my mind of things that I'd like to work a little bit differently in that office um, and and so when the opportunity arose I thought you know what let's give this a shot and see if we can actually make this office work a little bit more effectively um, use a little bit more of um, the technology that's available to us to provide these services um, and and so I went for it um, and and here I am uh, you know and over the last four years as clerk I feel like I've been able to implement some of those things I think um, other things have been far more challenging than I ever expected um, but in that challenge you know there's always there's always little nuggets of goodness that that come along and and the ability to to continue to see nearly every single person or talk to every single person in San Miguel County is a really special place to be so yeah that was a good answer. <laughs> um, we are near, well, we're essentially at our 30 minutes that we have allotted for this first half. I do have a rapid fire question that I'm going to ask each of you. Um, what is your favorite tradition that takes place in San Miguel County? Sheriff Masters, we'll start with you. Uh, favorite tradition? Or event, festival, whatever it might be. And uh, people are going to find it surprising that I say bluegrass, but it, it is, um, uh, it's certainly in the old days, it was a real challenge for us. And um, over the years, it's gotten very organized and it, it's become a, a really great community celebration with uh, really very little impact on peacekeeping. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's a fun time. Nice. Lance, your turn. Julia, I'd have to say that it's trick-or-treating in Lawson Hill. I was out last night, and we had a neighborhood gathering potluck before um, the kids got really uh, ramped up, and then it felt like it was a rope drop on top of Gold Hill, and at 525, the kids were all lined up, and off they went, and it was a swarm of joy, and the parents are following along behind, and you're just with your friends and neighbors, and it was a really special evening, and I, I enjoyed it. Amazing. Stephanie. I think for me, I'm going to revert back to my talking about the election judges that come together in, in every election. So every election that we have is a little bit different, whether it's coordinated, general, or primary. Um, in each of those, somehow, some way, I'm able to find this group of diverse thinking humans to come and, and conduct those elections. And what I really love to see is... Those people make friendships. Those people really connect with each other in 
a place where maybe it's very unlikely from the outside world. And I don't know if that's a tradition in San Miguel County. It should be a tradition in San Miguel County. Um, so I'm going to stick with that answer. Amazing. Well, we are going to do a little bit of a transition, a switch with some other folks who are running for uh, running in the election this year. Um, Coda listeners, stay tuned. I'm going to thank Lance Waring, Stephanie Van Dam, and Sheriff Bill Masters for joining this evening and talking a little bit about what you do and why you like serving San Miguel County. Thank you for for inviting us. Thank Thank you. you. Coda listeners, we will be back in just one moment. Stay tuned. You are listening to Off the Record on KOTO Telluride. Listeners, we are back. You were just listening to about the first half of Jimi Hendrix's Star Spangled Banner. It felt appropriate for election season. Um, you are tuned into Off the Record, and we are talking with folks who are running in local running in our local elections. I keep getting that mixed up. I'm not saying it in correct ways, but running. Um, to serve in local government here in San Miguel County. We have a new batch of folks joining us. We have Emil Sante, who is the San Miguel County coroner, and Brandy Hatfield, who is the San Miguel County treasurer, and then Sarah Enders, who is the San Miguel County assessor. Y'all are all incumbents and, and running to have that job again. Thank you all for being here and chatting with me this evening. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Um, to start off, we asked this question of the last batch as well, but do you mind just introducing yourself a little bit, Sharon, who you are and, and why you're running for this position again? Ooh, Emil's pointing to other people. We'll start with you, though. I'll, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> why I'm doing it again? Well, uh, I've gotten pretty comfortable with it. Um, I think I know the job by now. And... Uh, um, you know, it, it never ceases to be interesting. That's for one. Um, 
it is uh, complementary to some of the other things that I do. And, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a service that um, I think needs to be done well. And uh, I try and bring a, um, you know, a high level of um, dedication and professionalism to it. And uh, um, I just want to keep that going. It's, uh, the office has changed quite a bit in the last uh, 12 years. And uh, it never, it, you know, it's, it's never um, stagnant, that's for sure. It, uh, there's always something new to be learning. And uh, so in that sense, it's, it just doesn't really get old, you know. Yeah. Sarah, we'll go to you next. Uh, um, I'm Sarah Enders. This is actually my first time running for county assessor, but I was appointed in February when our prior county assessor, Peggy Cantor, retired. Um, she'd been the assessor for almost 44 years, so it's some pretty big shoes to fill, but luckily I was able to work under her for a few years, and I learned a lot from her. Um, it's a fun job because you're interacting with the public a lot. Um, it's something that I enjoy is kind of educating people on what our office does. Um, and then it's, it's interesting in that, um, you know, our county is just so diverse. So as county assessor, you're dealing with all kinds of different properties. You know, you've got multi-million dollar properties up here in Telluride out to, you know, really small um, agricultural properties out in Agner. And you're dealing with, you know, all kinds of different people and all kinds of different situations. And then on top of that, um, the legislation that affects our office is constantly changing and um, tax law is always up in the air. So it's a fun, interesting job and I'm always learning more. Yeah. <clears throat> Bandy, we'll go to you. I'm Brandy Hatfield, and I was also appointed in January of 2021 when my predecessor retired, and I also got to learn under her. I just finished my 10 years with the county, so I've got a little bit of experience, and it's something I enjoy doing. I'm a numbers person, and I enjoy serving the public and learning new things, kind of like Sarah, with the legislation ever-changing, and it's a good feeling when we can go to the library and check out a book and know that because I collected the taxes and I dispersed the taxes that the library is able to buy new books and the museum is able to have great uh, ex exhibits that um, I helped, kind of helped mm -hmm. put that in place. So it's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we said right when you were coming on um, that maybe some of the unsung hero potentially of elected positions in the county so for those who don't know um can you just explain a little bit like what is your job what do you do and brandy we'll, we'll start with you and go the other way um the county treasurer is responsible for tracking funds in and out of the county's possession which includes 40 million dollars in taxes and numerous revenues for other departmental revenues I am also responsible for investing the county funds and making sure that they're safe, they're liquid, and that we're also getting a good rate of return. And I develop policies and practices that have financial checks and balances. And I also, as I stated earlier, 
It's my responsibility to make sure that the payments are applied correctly and dispersed correctly so that the museum, the libraries, the fire districts, the schools are getting their money every month so they can continue operating. Yeah. Sarah, we'll go to you next. I'm actually going to have you pull your microphone just a little bit closer. Sure. So the official duties of the county assessor are to discover, list, classify, and value all taxable property in the county. Um, so we're the ones that send out notices of value to property owners every year. Um, we communicate with the treasurer's office, with Brandy's office, um, you know, what the value of property is and therefore what the tax, taxes do are going to be for all properties. Um, and then we're, we also have to communicate um, with the different taxing authorities. So, for example, the library district, the town, the hospital district, the fire district. Um, we have to communicate with all those taxing authorities what their um, projected taxable value is going to be so that they can then determine what their budgets are going to be each year. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and important. Yeah. <laughs> um, Emil, we'll go to you. You might have the one that folks maybe understand the most off the bat. Maybe. Uh, you know, I think, actually, I think some people think it's a simple job, you know, but, uh, you know, distilling it down to determine um, the cause and manner of someone's death is uh, ultimately what I try to do. And uh, um, that being said, that is not as easy as it is to say. And, uh um, outside of all the investigative stuff and the outside agencies um, that I work with to, um, you know, uncover and discover, um, you know, uh, making sure death certificates are um, absolutely correct for vital records and uh, the amount of paperwork that goes along with that, it's, it's a lot more complicated than I think a lot of people understand. But uh, yeah, you, you go to every death in San Miguel County and um, uh, not to say that uh, everything should be suspicious, but you have to go in with that mindset and then sort of work yourself backwards, hopefully into um, a logical uh, diagnosis of what happened here. Yeah, um, that it is. It's a lot. <laughs> um, well, and I can. I mean, I I just find that that work fascinating and just like the an interesting um, experience to to be with folks in in those moments and also have that you know have to go in with a critical eye, but also be there for people when they're going through a tough time. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a, a you know a big part of it is. Um, being someone who is, um, you know, very compassionate and, and very um, sensitive to what's happening at this time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy to become someone's best friend in, in five minutes. You've never met these people before, but they uh, basically have to trust you with some of the biggest secrets they've ever had and definitely their loved ones have ever had. And, uh, yeah, it's a big responsibility, and uh, it's not easy to find somebody who's good at that. Yeah. Um, for Brandy and Sarah, you you are already in these positions, but you are running for um, for these positions for the first time now. Um, so I'm going to ask you, and then, Mail, I'll ask you essentially the same question, but slightly different because you've already run. <laughs> um, but what is it that, you know, 
you do this work, you enjoy this work, but what is it that made you want to say, like, I'm going to take the leap, I'm actually going to run for this position, go before voters and say, trust me to continue doing this job? What made you want to take that leap? Sarah, we'll start with you. Um, A year ago, I didn't want to. Um, I told Peggy, my boss at the time, that I didn't want her job, so she should find someone else. Um, But no one else came up, so... Um, no, I, I, in the last year, she definitely did a lot of hard convincing on, you know, the, um, the attractions of the job, you know, the other assessors around Colorado are really interesting, really helpful, um, group of people. And, um, I've done some networking with them. Um, and then just kind of, you know, doing some soul searching too, and realizing there's nothing else I can come up with right now that I'd rather be doing. So... Um, it is a fun job. It's interesting. And um, like I say, I, I, I enjoy kind of interacting with the public the way I get to in my job. Um, so it seemed like a good place to go for now. Yeah. Brandy, what about you? I had been working in the treasurer's office for a few years, and I'm a numbers person. So it just seemed like the next step to take. And I think it's an important job that somebody with a lot of responsibility should be doing. And it feels good to know that I am helping the taxing authorities and just making sure that everybody's getting their money and I'm making sure that the county's getting funded and county funds help uh, support the fire department, the police department, the, or not the police, the marshal's office. And it just feels good to give back to the community, and um, and I'm, my roots are deep, so I like serving the community that I'm a part of. Yeah. Emil, you've run for this position before, but um, what made you want to run for it in the first place when you first started, and then what keeps you running for it now? Mm, well, um, I, I thought I knew what I was getting into years and years ago when I did this Um I was uh, I was working for Care Flight. I was a paramedic, um, flying around, picking up people, and uh, um, the sh- one of the ships that uh, I flew on went down, and it uh, it killed three of my friends. And uh, um, at the wake that me and my then fiance were at, um, you know, it was pretty emotional, and she. Uh, she basically said, when our firstborn shows up, you're, you're done doing this, you know. Um, it was quite a few years later after my second was born that I finally um, looked at the coroner's job. Now, I'd been deputized by Bob Dempsey, our previous coroner, and um, I guess thought I knew what was kind of going on. Um, well, I, used to, I used to watch Bob, and I used to see what he did. Um, but... Uh, um, and, and God bless him, he did a great job for a long time, you know. Um, but I knew that uh, um, when I ran against him, um, one, it wasn't going to be easy. It was definitely a tight race, but I kind of pulled it out. And, uh, and then I realized after I won how much work there really was involved and how much needed to be done to kind of bring it to a point where I thought it should be. And um, that's how I got involved. Um, once I started kind of changing things and building um, the office the way I think it needed to be, um, then it became 
you know, so much my baby that, um, and it kind of still is that I, I, you know, I just feel very responsible for it. Um, that said, I've had great people around me, you know, who have taught me a lot and helped me out a lot. And, uh, um, you know, I, I definitely don't want to make it sound like I just pulled this off. I, I was, I was, uh, I was definitely clueless in a lot of areas, but, um, um, I think we've got a product now that's, uh, um, pretty solid and, uh, I feel real good about, you know. What do you, you know, as, as we did say, maybe these are positions that folks don't know as well, just kind of like off the bat. Um, what is something that you wish the community or the public knew about your job that you don't think that they maybe understand about, about the office that you work in? Brandy, we'll start with you. I think a lot of people think that taxes pay my salary and that's it all, but that's not at all what it does. You know, it, it does help fund all these other, the schools, the fire department, the hospital district. So I'm collecting taxes for these agencies. I'm not just like putting it in my personal bank account. I'm, I'm helping all these other f people that make the world go round. And um, there was a taxpayer on, I might get this wrong, the fire where up on Hastings maybe, where it came really close to his house. And he comes in every year and pays his taxes like on January 5th or before the month is even over. And he is always so very thankful that we're there to collect the taxes for the fire department because the fire department saved his house. Mm -hmm. And it's just a good feeling knowing that I'm helping the community do all these other things besides collecting a salary. I'm just helping the taxing authorities get where they need to be and protect the citizens of the county. Yeah. Emil, we're going to go to you. We're bouncing around. Okay. Um... People don't know about my job. Um, you know, it's good to be in San Miguel County. We have, uh, I think, in general and per capita, a very healthy community. And because of that, um, you know, we don't see a lot of death. Um, we probably, you know, we're up to about 30 right now on the year. doesn't sound like a lot, but it's, uh, it's actually kind of on the busy side for us. Um, what they don't realize is, uh, even though, you know, maybe we're only at 30 people so far this year, is that sort of like the fire district, when I'm on call today, I'm, I'm doing a 20 or 48-hour shift, and we may not have any calls today, but you're still there, and you're still ready, and you're still prepared. Well, that's the coroner's office 24 hours a day, um, and it just never kind of turns off for me. So... Um, one of the things I think some people think is that, oh, you must have so much time on your hands. I, I'm, I'm in the office uh, almost every day, and uh, there's almost always things that are doing. The to-do list is quite long, but yeah, being prepared and being ready and, and making sure that if I'm not there, that one of the deputy coroners um, is definitely ready to go. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're standing sentry constantly, so... Yeah. Sarah, we'll go to you. All right. Uh, one thing I would like to kind of expand on what Brandy was saying is to remember that government workers and people that work with taxes are also humans. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times people get the impression that we're just out to, like, <laughs> raise taxes and, you know, 
up values on people's homes and things like that. And the reality is we're just trying to be fair. And we're, you know, we're trying to make sure that our, our taxing districts are funded um, so that when emergencies come up and things like that, we can, you know, we've got people there to help out. Um, yeah, and uh, one more thing to keep in mind with my office too is like, you know, a big part of our job is kind of educating people on like, how you know how your property taxes work and how your property is valued and things like that. So that's you know it's one of my favorite parts of my job. Honestly, is kind of helping people navigate that because it's not straightforward and it can be confusing. So just remember that we're we're here to help and we're here to educate. So um, to you know be comfortable coming to talk to us about things like that. Yeah, um, as we've mentioned, y'all are. Uh, running unopposed so we don't want to take anything for grant or guarantee but the likelihood of you getting elected i think is fair to say pretty good um so assuming that you do what is something in your office that you would like to either accomplish or see change or really work on over the next term that that you're working in in your position sarah we'll start with you this time uh, something that my office has, you know, kind of already started to undertake is um, kind of modernizing a lot of our systems. Um, you know, especially the the public interfaces. We've updated our website um, to hopefully provide people with more readily available information. Um, you know, again, going back to Peggy. Peggy was there for a long, long time, and she did a great job. Um, but in that same sense, there were a lot of things that um, she kind of just did the way she had always done because that was it had always worked um so as a new person kind of taking a risk and updating some things and um seeing what we can make better um in terms of access and information yeah brandy what good are you i'm kind of going to go with sarah on modernizing <laughs> things <laughs> we see a lot of paper in our office and it drives me insane. So I'm trying to cut the amount of paper and use Adobe and PDF everything. We don't have to have a piece of paper. Um, and updating our website because it is old. We've got online payments. So if you want to pay your taxes, you can pay them online. If you want to change your address, you can go online. Just to kind of streamline things and make it a little bit easier for us and for the public, you know, at 10 o'clock at night when you want to change your address, when you remember, oh, yeah, go online. You don't have to call us. You don't have to email us. You just do it online. And uh, to help cut down on paper and be more environmental friendly and uh, modernize the office, basically. Yeah. Emil, we'll go to you. Uh, well, we made... Uh Probably the biggest dramatic changes were in 2011 when I, I came into the office for the first time. Um, since then, um, everything is constantly changing. You know, you're always going to conferences and, you know, you know there's information coming in all the time. Um, I do see the office, um, we're kind of waiting on the building uh, to change. I mean, we're in a, I'm in the old Roses Market there that's next to the uh, second chance um, and thrift store and, and whatnot. And, and that's been convenient in a lot of ways for me, but um, as much as we've, um, I guess, gotten busier and things have changed, um, I'm kind of thinking once that building is replaced, um, there's 
not, not to scare the commissioners or whatever, but uh, <laughs> there's going to be some dramatic changes here to kind of um, bring the office into a more modern um, light, and uh, hopefully in the long run, it'll it'll end up saving us money. So, um, other than that, um, you know, it's just little things on a day to day basis, new 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 figures, new uh, you know, everybody calls and wants you know data farming for all kinds of things, and uh, you know, sometimes you're throwing a curveball, but uh, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that works that works as an answer yeah um we are nearing the end of the time that we have here this evening um so i'm going to do a, a quick rapid fire question um that what is your favorite part about the off season emil we'll start with you uh, are you thinking this is off season right now? <laughs> what? It doesn't feel like it. So I, I don't feel like off season happens until April fifth. <laughs> but um, you can yeah, use fall or sure. spring off. No, season. it, it is that. it is quieter, you know, and obviously the quietness um, in and it's it's not as busy but you never know as far as what i do in this office you never know when it's going to happen and uh it really doesn't um some you know well it actually is kind of based on the season sometimes but uh yeah in general off season's quieter and of course nobody wants me to be busy especially me so is there anything you enjoy just for yourself outside of work (laughs) Or you're just like twenty four seven. I mean, no, you no. are twenty four seven. Yeah. On, but. No, I I'm I do all the same stuff that I think everybody else does. You know, I'm very active, um, and uh, you know, like I said, it's it's good to be in San Miguel County. It's a good place to be. It's true. Sarah, what's your favorite part about the off season? This one or spring? Sure. Uh, I just love feeling like you know working in Telluride, and I've lived in Telluride in the past, but feeling like we get our town back. Um, Not to say there's anything wrong with tourists, but um, it's just nice to kind of feel like you live in a small town again. Um, I grew up in a really small town, and so, you know, when you get to walk down the street and everyone you see, you at least know or recognize, uh, it's fun to get that feeling again. Yeah. Brandy, what about you? I'm going to go with a meal and off season, both April and November are really busy times for our office. Um, but also it is, the phones aren't ringing. It's, it's office work that we're having to get caught up on and get done before the end of the month, before the end of November. Um, but the phones aren't ringing, so it gives us a chance to really catch up. But also, like Sarah said, it's we can go to the post office and I can say hi to five people. It's like, oh, like the Halloween parade. I got to see like three friends that I hadn't even seen. I'm like, oh, there's there's Laura, there's Amy. It was so nice to just be in the comfort. I grew up in Nucla, so it's very small town, and you knew your neighbors, and it's nice to be able to see those people and feel relaxed for a minute, <laughs> basically. Yeah. All great answers. (laughs) Um, Koto listeners, you have been tuned in to Off the Record on KOTO Telluride. I want to thank our three guests for this half of the hour. We have Brandy Hatfield, Sarah Enders, and Emil Sante, who are running for re-election in their um, current positions. Um, On Election Day is next Tuesday. So uh, you should have your ballots in the mail already or 
they're probably waiting in your post office box. Um, get those turned in by next Tuesday, November 8th. There are drop boxes in Norwood and Telluride, early voting at the San Miguel County Annex, and then polls will be open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. in both Telluride and Norwood next Tuesday, November 8th. This is one of the weird ones when election day isn't on the first Tuesday of the month. Mm-hmm. As a fun fact. Makoto <laughs> <laughs> um, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and um, listening to Off the Record. We will be back next week with more. And actually next week will be election um, night that we'll be sharing commentary and music and having a grand old time up here. Um, and also tune into our news every day. Until then, thanks for tuning in and thanks y'all for being here this evening. Thanks, thanks Julie. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Off the record.